When you think about it, wasps are really just reverse whores. They fly around sticking their ass in things to get food, instead of things in their ass to get food. This is Unstoppable Bill Podcast. I'm Unstoppable Bill, and here we go. So we got the giant Asian hornets that are in Washington State now, and I don't know how long they expect them to survive. Maybe they'll become a you know truly transcontinental invasive species and uh, wreak havoc across the honeybees across the U.S., which is already in you know a huge amount of jeopardy from what I understand. So, uh, they're on the endangered species list now, and that creates all kinds of problems for uh, our food crops and other various uh, parts of the ecosystem. I have no idea how that's going to work out or what we're going to do to fix that. I mean, we've got all these, uh, you know, household insecticides that we spray on our lawn and garden and our trees and, uh, you know, our flower beds and everything else to keep the pests away from tearing them up. But, you know, it kills the fucking bees too. So this is creating quite a problem. And, of course, there's the whole commercial side of it, which is probably far more impactful but at the same time you know the stuff that we do at home is also uh affecting all of these uh insects and small creatures and further up the food chain so i imagine i don't know if there's any harder research on this but as you start looking at the way the food uh cycle works is you end up with um you know less and less insects particularly uh herbivorous ones and you start getting more uh, of the parasitic ones. I don't want to say parasitic but probably like mosquitoes and the pesty type ones that like to bite us because a lot of the, the foods that you know the predators eat well also we're killing spiders with these pesticides too right they, they eat a huge amount of biomass every year and I think there was some study talking about how uh, if all the spiders in the world just ate humans, they could actually devour the entire human race within just a couple years. And that's uh, pretty fucking amazing when you think about it like that, because they're so tiny. Like Even the biggest spider, I think it's like the, uh, the, you know, I don't know what the biggest spider is. I think it's the baboon spider, birding spider. Uh, you know, it's not really my, uh, my area of expertise or my forte. I'm not a spider guy. <clears throat> but Right, so you lose all these parts of the ecosystem, and particularly the predators, and then you end up with a bunch of extra, you know, mosquitoes not getting eaten by lizards and frogs and uh, dragonflies. You know, dragonflies. A lot of people don't know this, but dragonflies are really mean-ass predators. They start off as these things called nymphs that live in the water, and they will eat tadpoles they will eat fish they will eat other nymphs like they look like this underwater praying mantis with a you know a stabby kind of praying mantis face and like a really pointy butt and some claws and they're they're really pretty neat and then they turn into this winged freaking insect helicopter that can do all sorts of wild aerial acrobatics and catches mosquitoes and other unfortunate flying critters in its little legs like a basket and devours them so you know, we've got the murder wasp now, which I don't think these things will be eating, but, or I don't think the dragonflies will be eating. Maybe the, the murder wasp, or I don't really like to call them that. It's such a trendy name, the G- Asian giant hornet. But, <clears throat> so we've got those to contend with now, and 
you know, all the effects of our ecosystem here, thereafter. And I, I don't think that there's probably anything suited to prey on them here in the United States. We get the uh, giant cicada killer wasp here in Texas, and that thing is freaking enormous. It kills these uh, cicadas. It's, uh, cicadas are colloquial called locust, but it's not a locust because it's like a grasshopper type thing. And... Uh, it kills them, or it paralyzes them, drags them to these underground burrows, lays its egg, and the larvae hatch. The eggs hatch into larvae that devour this poor cicada alive. It's really the shit right out of nightmares. And makes you really glad that you are not small enough to be eaten or a prey item for a wasp. Because, man, nature is really brutal. We think we're brutal, but nature is just cruel as hell and does not care. And that brings me to another point about things that people don't care about. You know, I can't tell you how many times I have uh, requested this. I even put it on my application. But once again, I look, and my employer paid me in cash. Like, deposited it straight into my bank instead of the cocaine like I asked for, specifically. And why would you ask for cocaine? Well, I don't know. I'm pretty sure the money's not very good. And, you know, it spends easier. Um... You know, especially if you're having to deal with cartels, yeah. which I'm not, thankfully, or not really looking for any cocaine either, to be perfectly honest, but it just popped into my head about getting paid in, in cocaine instead of gum, you know, because nobody ever pays me in gum either, which if I had to choose between cocaine and gum, it would be absolutely cocaine every time. I'm pretty sure I could turn that into a more profitable uh, source than than. You know, some, I don't even remember what the gum company was that had those stupid commercials. But, you know, the cartels, man, they are crazy. It's amazing how powerful they are and, like, how sadistic. And when you watch these videos, I don't know if anybody remembers ogrish.com. Like, I don't think it, it doesn't exist anymore. It got turned into, like, LiveLeak or something. And they have all these horrible videos. I remember watching them back in the uh, early 2000s when they had all the Al-Qaeda beheading videos or maybe it was when ISIS was first popping out I don't remember the terrorist organization back then and then I remember these uh, videos where they had these two guys that were apparently some rival cartel gang member and they were saying a message that they're sending a message to the other cartel and they had the uh, the two captive cartel members reading it out loud and <clears throat> I don't know if they were reading it or they memorized it or if it was just something off the top of their heads that they were being fed and then like the chainsaw comes in and kills the one guy and like guy's alive and just really it was so amazing and horrible in its efficient cruelty and how completely nonchalant these guys were like they are about to get chainsawed to death and there's no remorse, no regret in their eyes. They are just stone-cold killers, and they have accepted their fate like it was just the way that it was meant to be. And I guess for a lot of these people, that's how it has to be. If you're going to be involved with people like that, I guess you know you didn't come up right in the first place. I guess it's a whole psychopath, sociopath thing. And I guess these guys are like your, you know, your real true sociopaths, your anti-personality, anti-social disorder. I think that's what it's called. I don't, I don't want to speak of things I don't know a whole lot about. This is just kind of what I understand of it. 
<clears throat> and these people are just completely incapable of caring for anyone else even themselves it looks like just watching that video watching them just get killed they're just like robots going through the motions and just trying to chase that next big score so that they can feel something for a little bit and do that over and over until the lights get put out like, that is a crazy way to live but they are so incredibly efficient the way that they operate I guess the guy at the top or the guys at the top I'm not sure they've, they've got to be you know every bit is crazy but they somehow they still have to have some form of you know uh, structure or code for them to go by I, I don't know like I should probably research this more but just thinking about you work with people like that always looking over your shoulder looking around and trying to see who's gonna get you next and you know because you probably wrong lots of other guys you know and you probably screwed up and did something you know to piss someone off and how do you get to the top of that I guess you just murder your way to the top and everybody's afraid of you but then how do you keep them from teaming up on you I guess that happens all the time too but some of these guys are just so successful and hold these positions for so damn long I maybe it's uh, their ability to manipulate the local population into you know favoring them and cooperating with them and you know, it's that false charisma that lets them move throughout their communities and, uh, you know, just buy influence. I know uh, the, the the triad, the triad over in Japan, I think they were going out and buying bicycles and stuff for kids. And, you know, of course, they're, they're spending all the sort of the money to, to do this if they rob from people in the community. But then, you know, in order to get them to shut up about them and not complain they would occasionally do nice things for people in the community and then you know of course extort people who uh, had borrowed money make their wives do porn or turn them into hot prostitutes etc now that was a story that I heard and I, I don't remember where I heard it now so it may be completely false but that they were taking people offering loans and when the guy or a girl whatever couldn't pay the loan back they would force them to do porn because they could keep selling the porno again and again and again on the internet and making money that way off of a single act instead of just making her a traditional prostitute and of course I'm sure that they probably make her keep doing more and more videos but that was one of the uh, the sex trade or uh, yeah sex trade human trafficking arguments against the legalization of porn is that um, unlawful entities you know criminal cartels and you know organized crime would exploit these girls that way and create a larger profit margin for them and I I get that that's 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 a that's a real concern right there but there's so many on the other side of it that's still just kind of uh, doing it as legal and safely as possible because it's going to exist one way or another and you know it's like anything else with regulation back to the coke jokes is you know once upon a time cocaine was legal I mean there's the old joke about you know when you got sick the, the old doctors would just tell you to do some cocaine and uh, smoke some opium and you'd be fine in the morning uh, or you know so high that you couldn't even tell that you were ever sick in the first place I guess until you came down and had to go back to the doc for a new prescription had to be good business back then um, but 
the whole trying to connect with regulation versus legalization or regulation through legalization and decriminalization to reduce the artificially inflated black market pricing and so far as I can tell and what we see with places that have done this with with pot you know there's been a lot of organized legitimate corporations moving in and individuals just making a bunch of money off of it and uh, it's making a killing like they're making huge amounts of cash in California and Colorado in tax dollars and just repurposing them for arguable causes and you know genuine uh, genuinely approved of uh, uh, civil causes you know roads and etc my roads my roads who will build my roads uh, <laughs> Sorry, a little, little libertarian humor there. Um, but yeah, so could, could this model work with all sorts of recreational drugs? I mean, you don't go to the gas station and, and ask for heroin, right? I mean, you could, I guess, if you decriminalized everything. But you know, just because you go to the gas station and you buy yourself a candy bar, you don't see the beer sitting there and say, shit, I gotta drink a beer. I mean, if you're an alcoholic, you might do that. But it doesn't necessarily mean that you are going to be an alcoholic just because there is beer available damn near 24-7 right around the corner. We have plenty of alcoholism. We're not like Russia. Russia has like a huge alcoholism problem. Like I think, remember reading, it was like a third of the population over there suffered from alcoholism and it was like the third leading cause of death was alcohol related health issues and those Ruskies like to drink their vodka and I'm sure they like to drink lots of other things just like the rest of us but of course you know that's that's the big one right there right vodka um, so yeah it's it's to me the whole gateway drug explanation or, or argument seems really to be a false narrative I think what happens is more likely that when you are getting things from shady sources shady sources uh, result resort to shady business practices and those would be more like you know bullying or uh, peer pressure and just selling upselling product upselling products like oh hey you know what? I don't have any pot this week but I've got some of these pills take some pills man these pills they're, they're like three or four joints like you could pop two, two of these pills and it's like smoking a whole joint it just happens and it lasts so much longer you know just take this you're cool it's good and then you know that's how you get an addict you know from that I think that's that's your real avenue of your gateway is that shady people put you in contact with shady substances and shady tactics it's not that it's just available there on the shelf. That's uh, just the whole nature of the people who engage in the illegal activities that they're not going to have the best scruples about them. I don't think I've ever been in a in a gas station and had the clerk look at me when I bought an ice cream and be like, "Hey, dude, you know, you need a beer. You need a beer to go with that ice cream. You probably need a. You know, we got a deal on some beer. You better buy some beer because I'll beat your ass. If you don't buy some beer." That that shit happens with these shady dealers, man. It, they'll pull all kinds of crazy tactics on people, and that's where things get 
get worse. And of course, you know, the biggest and uh, biggest and oh my goodness, the the biggest cause of addiction is typically trauma, right? People who just have some sort of issue they can't get over that makes them always look for a coping mechanism of one sort or another. And there's lots and lots of documentation on that. And you get too puritanical with it and everybody who's on that side, and I, I don't mean puritanical like in the original uh, colonial religious context, but just that, you know, you can always power your way through everything and that everybody can just use their sheer willpower to overcome every single obstacle in their life no matter how traumatic or painful or uh, significant it was. I don't think that that's really a working model and certainly the statistics don't show that that's a working model because it's, it's not, right? The statistics don't support that it's not working so good luck with that and it's really ridiculous to me to think that knowing the physiology of brains is so much different right it's like so many people have so many different interests and so many different responses to stimulus you could just take food like so many different foods taste different to so many people that you know you might love coca-cola now like to me soda tastes awful i don't know what it is about soda but it just has the nastiest flavor and uh, I find it to be very very lingering it just sticks with me and makes me want to chug water brush my teeth and I cannot stand even a sip of it and I don't care what kind of soda it is except for when I'm really sick I will drink an orange soda and I gotta be like damn near dying I don't know what it is I got a good sinus infection or something orange soda uh, is this just fantasy or is it orange soda I don't know um, yeah, so our brains are all structured different. They respond to different stimulus differently, right? So why would you expect somebody who suffers some sort of horrible traumatic injury, special traumatic injury, traumatic um, experience, you know, abuse, uh, tra tragedy, whatever it is, especially during de developmental years of their life, to have the same response and the same resolve as everybody else like it's just there's not a single cookie cutter formula for that now I'm not saying that people can't be held accountable and that they shouldn't work to get through things they absolutely should right I mean I I find myself very capable of uh, disciplining myself and I, everybody needs to have self-discipline and stay disciplined but I think that there are really truly limits to the amount of discipline that an individual mind can uh, can successfully do, right? I mean, because not everybody out there is uh, Jocko Willink, right? You're not getting at it and crushing it at 4 a.m. in the fucking morning, all morning long, every goddamn day, never a day off. You know, just a complete, uh, I don't want to say psychopath, because like, he seems like a pretty nice guy uh, and really, really articulate. So I, I just mean, you know, that level of, of commitment and discipline is not inherent in all of us. Maybe there's a, a potential for it, but I believe it's more along the lines of different wiring paths in different brains, you know? It's like IQ. We are all differently smart or different abilities of intellect. Um, you know, you can argue over IQ tests and their validity, validity and such, you know, until the cows come home. And, you know, there, there's some solid arguments for 
you know, why the, the questions are structured the way they are or what the questions um, are really trying to indicate and that there might be other uh, examples of, of intellect out there. But at the end of the day is like these are things that are typically just your cognitive abilities at their uh, their core, their core level. Like, what what is your fundamental ability to rationalize these shapes, these patterns, to find the the commonality between them? And not everybody has the same level of that. And it's like you would not expect yourself or your children to do as good at that as you would Albert fucking Einstein. I mean, and why? Why? What was different about Albert Einstein's brain? Right? You should just have the, the willpower to study until you're Albert fucking Einstein. What's your excuse? Come on, man. What Are you lazy? Are you weak? You can't, you can't be Einstein? You can't do uh, astrophysics in your head? You can't come up with new theories of, of quantum physics? Uh, yeah, I guess he did get into quantum physics, right? So you can't get into that in your head? Come on, what are you doing? You don't have oh thought exercises? You're fucking daydreaming. You're not changing the world. You're not changing science for all time. You're just lazy and weak. You lack the discipline of Einstein. So I don't think that's a working model. That's that's a stupid model. You, we got to find some sort of other way around this. Maybe it's uh, some sort of placebo treatment to get people weaned off of things. I I don't know. Or like you know a, a gradual detox. Uh, or Either way, it's just, I think it's hurting us overall um, as far as the society goes with, you know, the, the inflammation of crime. Like we've got these drug cartels that are literally multi-billion dollar companies. And I say that they're multi-billion dollar companies because like they, they have a revenue and a, a revenue stream that they rely on. And you start cutting that off and that hurts them. And of course, you know, they just switch to different different route right they just find them a new commodity to deal in as each one becomes less and less lucrative and, and they're going to do it and they'll find some sort of way to you know exploit the laws and exploit the people and the communities around them and, and cause as much pain suffering and grief as is profitable for them and so you can't take somebody who's some low-level user or maybe even a low-level seller and just throw them in a cage with you know the real animals and then cost everybody, you know, through the whole myriad of, of expenses from law enforcement to infrastructure to court cost, um, the taxpayers to, to foot that bill all the time. I mean, I understand that's what we pay some taxes for is to keep the real monsters in there, but I feel like these numbers are really artificially inflated by these laws where these are people who otherwise wouldn't be what we would call dangerous criminals. Maybe there's some sort of other form of punishment that could be done to discourage the use, or I, I don't know, I hadn't really thought too deeply on alternate forms of dissuasion from it. I, I think probably has something to do more with addressing, you know, how we look at mental health for sure and trauma and maybe maybe not being so, you know, hardcore assholes about everything. Because, like, I'm, I'm kind of like that. You know, it's like, oh, hey, you know, you, okay, you had a rough childhood. Oh, okay, well, well, nice excuse, pussy. Why don't you pull your shit together? Like, yeah, you know, I, I don't think that's fair because back to my point is that, you know, I'm not the toughest dude in the world by far. So how can I expect everybody else to be as tough as me? Because there's somebody else out there way fucking tougher who doesn't understand why I'm not as tough as him. Just like you know, somebody out there way taller than you who doesn't understand why the hell you can't see what's on top of the fucking refrigerator, you short piece of shit. And 
you know, this is costing all of us. It's costing every single one of us. It's a huge burden on us. And I don't, I don't think that these people are stealing enough in trinkets to pay for their habit to justify these gigantic prisons and all the uh, justification that came along with it for increased surveillance and asset forfeiture to uh, to compensate for for the little bitty amount of, of bullshit that they steal. And on top of that, like I'm kind of of the mind of you know let's let's protect our property the old-fashioned way. I understand people are going to steal, and I'm not really opposed to the idea of people getting shot for stealing from private property. I mean, you want to break into my place, I catch you breaking into my car, like, you're going to get confronted, and I have no idea how that's going to turn out, but, you know, I don't blame anybody who shoots somebody, you know, in those circumstances, especially at, at night. People know the risk. You play stupid games, you win stupid prizes. You got a medal, and it was lead, dude. So that's a you know that that that's a big deterrent right there I think so or at least it'll reduce the population of them a whole lot quicker. Texans don't don't fuck around with that stuff. You you can get popped and that's the end of your story right there in someone's driveway. Uh it's sad when it happens to some stupid kid who's just breaking into cars, but you know that's kind of falls back on the parent too for being like, "Hey, you know, you don't steal from people's cars in their house at night. Now, you know, if your kid's doing that, you're probably not the greatest parent already. But I know there's some parents out there that just have hell for children. There is something that that went wrong, and they came out with this ultra rebellious, angry, you know, evil little bastard, or or maybe just super impressionable and lives in a crappy neighborhood with other crappy neighbors or just you know gets gets mixed up with one wrong friend it could even be a good neighborhood right because i there's a there's plenty of wealthy kids who do lots of vile shit too and, and they need to to suffer for that or be punished be dissuaded you know whatever and you know i went on forever about this topic way longer than i thought i was going to uh but that's uh you know, that, that, that's something that we're going to have to come up with a way around in, in our world if we're going to try to cut down, I think, on, on the overall really structured, organized crime, like the really powerful elements. Because, like, these guys, they have political power. They're so damn, so damn rich, they have political power, and then they get, you know, corporate, not corporations. Well, they get corporations, right? And they, they start leaning on them and use, uh, you know, all sorts of tactics to to get money out of them and to invest into their you know their product. Sometimes like it's it's a perfectly willing uh, relationship between them, and, and then sometimes I'm sure, certain that it's not. And then you know you've got like stuff like the Zetas down there in Mexico that ended up with uh, military hardware. You know they they beat the Mexican police in a f- all out war in the streets and then started threatening to kill people you know, citizens until they let, uh, what's his name, son out of prison or jail, whatever he was in. And that's, that's a hell of a thing right there is when your own police, you know, just get outright beat down by a, by a gang of criminals who are really, really, really powerful criminals who have, you know, 50 cal mounted fucking, uh, machine guns, right? You know, they got a couple of ma deuces out there and just letting them have it. <clears throat> So, 
Now, how do you take the power back from that once they get there? Well, I mean, you know, force begets force, I guess. That's going to have to happen. But in this case, I don't think anybody in, in their side of things is really motivated enough or has enough confidence in, in their government or their man is it their community I, I don't know I don't I don't know what that's about I, I can't wrap my mind around it um, fear probably it's it's something that I really probably should look into more before I speak on that uh, you know there was one other thing I'm gonna just move on from there because I don't really know how to taper off and something I noticed on the way coming home today was I've noticed this lots of times before but I never really thought about why this plays out the way that it does where you're pulling up to a light right there's a turn lane or there's two lanes and one of them is a turn lane one of them's, or there's like double turn lanes and all the cars are in just one there's two perfectly good lanes but traffic's backed all the way up in one lane everybody's staying in that one and you could easily merge over but no one wants to do that they're just going to keep staying back because I don't know, maybe the shorter radius of that left-hand turn in the inside lane makes them feel like they got through there faster. And instead of trying to merge after they get past it because everybody's a jackass and won't let anybody over because nobody knows how to, how to do the zipper method, everybody's got to be first in line. It's the same thing whenever there's a bottleneck, right? you got two perfectly good lanes. Everybody wants to get in the one left lane because they're sure that they can zoom right through. But then that's not what happens is everybody thinks that they're a little kid in line for the fucking ice cream truck and they just stay in that one lane and they won't let anybody over uh 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 I waited all the way here and I'm not gonna let you over because I waited and you don't get the shortcut well shit you know if everybody just let the car go one uh, one lane then the other right back and forth left and right zipper 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 it would go so much faster I have worked in big plants where they do this right where they have a director of traffic and two different um, intersections coming together and they just go left right left right they got to direct people because people are assholes and selfish and they won't they won't agree to this because that's that's what Americans do is you know we, we tend to be kind of pig-headed and selfish and we just go on about what the shit we're doing and you know everybody else is not me it sucks but it goes so much faster like sometimes a little bit of cooperation and a little bit of reciprocity with others around you uh, really smooths out the day and it can smooth out all kinds of part in your life I don't know so while y'all are out there I guess we're gonna wrap this up we've hit the 30 minute mark watch out for those reverse whores don't let them put their ass in you have a good day